0: October 9th and you're tuned into the Cleveland baseball talk podcast I'm Joe Noga joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer Hoynes, uh, we, we've come to the point uh, in the the offseason and the in, in the postseason where uh, it's time to sort of look back at the highlights and, and a few of the lowlights the top performances what stood out to us and to our our listeners and our followers on subtext uh, the top performances the top moments from the 2020 season for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, you know, there are several that really stand out uh, and, and should be included in in highlight reels and packages for, for years to come, I think. Uh, it, we sort of have to sort of separate ourselves and, and divorce ourselves from the way the season ended in order to go back and look at, you know, some of the positive things that really did take place.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. I mean, it was, what, 35 and 25, uh, They won nine of their last 11 to, uh, you know, get into postseason, came out of an eight-game losing streak. Uh, There were a lot of good things that that happened this this past season.
0: Yeah, Uh, and, you know, just in terms of going through day-by-day performances, I think you can't overlook and and start with the very first performance of the season, and that was Shane Bieber, 14 strikeouts in the opener uh, against Kansas City. And then he followed it up the uh, in his next start with 13 more against Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was on fire. And uh, you could tell the the work he put in, you know, during the, uh, the three-month layoff that he really didn't miss a beat. He was having a great spring training one when it got shut down. And, you know, he just carried that over right into the season. And that was a testament to him just to, uh, you know, to find, to find a schedule that worked for them and, and to adhere by it and stick by it and uh, carry it into uh, the regu- the 60-game sprint when it did start.
0: Right. Uh, for, as, for as high as that high was, uh, the low the following night in, in game two of the season uh, when the Indians sort of got bitten by that new automatic runner at uh, second base rule, uh, the offense didn't click against Kansas City that night and the automatic runner, they were unable to push a run across in the 10th inning. Uh, they, they, in fact, got uh, the, the game-winning run to first base but then struck out three consecutive at-bats with the top of the order uh, July 25th, the second game of the season. Uh, for as much as a highlight as the opener was, the, the second game was,
1: was pretty much a low light. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Kansas City beat them uh, old school. I think uh, they got a guy on second base, sacrificed him to a third, and uh, and a uh, sacrifice fly won it. And uh, and then the Indians had what their best, their top three hitters mm-hmm. in, uh, in the bottom of the the bottom of the tenth, and uh, they all went down swinging. So that that was that.
0: Yeah, a little bit of frustration that night. Uh, but then the following day, uh, it was Carlos Carrasco making his return as a starter. Uh, there were no fans in the stands, but it was no less uh, of an impact or highlight moment for uh, Carrasco and for all of those who really supported him. And, and the best part about it was uh, Cookie went out there and, and he was awesome.
1: Yeah, he really he, he pitched great, tense strikeouts. Uh, six innings, two runs, four hits, just uh, kind of, you know, after all he had gone through the year before with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, leukemia and, and not pitching for three months and then coming back and, and working out of the bullpen when he did return, uh, this was, you know, a big step for him uh, kind of to reestablish himself and uh, just re- reintroduce himself, <laughs> I guess, to uh, the team and, and, and the, and the American League.
0: Yeah, it was the uh, it was the cookie of old that we we had uh, hoped would come back and, and did uh, throughout this season. Uh, August fourth, Framil Reyes uh, flexing his muscles down in Cincinnati. Eighth inning, he hits a go-ahead home run in that game, and uh, it was you know to that point the offense had had looked kind of shaky and struggled, but there was hope there when Framil Reyes hit that home run. Uh, it looked uh, looked like they could put th- some things together, and then two days later. Uh, against the Reds at home, they put up 10 runs in the seventh inning and they win that game 13 to nothing. And you're thinking, you know, all right, maybe we got something here.
1: Yeah, and that was, uh, I guess, that was the first indication of the feast and famine offense that we saw through through most of the season. They, you know, they'd average two or three runs a game and then have an explosion of 10. 10 runs or double-digit runs, and then go right back in into the uh, groove where they were struggling to score runs. But that was a big night. That was definitely a good night uh, on uh, August 6th there. That was a,
0: a precursor to a, a weekend trip to Chicago uh, that started, uh, you know, August 7th. On, on August 8th, uh, Zach Plesak goes out there, and he throws a, a gem. What did he go, seven innings? Uh, seven scoreless innings, something like that. And yeah, six scoreless, six, six scoreless, okay, six scoreless. Uh, loop logos and and he homers. The Indians scored seven runs in that game, and you're thinking this is great. And then, of course, we all know what happened later on that night.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know that that night, uh, Plesak and Mike Clevenger went out onto town to celebrate. I guess in Chicago, broke all sorts of team rules and MLB protocols and. uh Really paid for it, you know. The rest of the season, it was, uh, you know, before we knew it, Clevenger was pitching for the the, the Padres, and uh, and Plesac was still uh, down a uh, band, uh, banished, I guess, to uh, you know the lower levels of uh, the alternate the classic site. park at right. <laughs> the alternate right. site, and uh, we didn't see him until September first. Right. Uh, the the only real highlight then you, you can pull away from that.
0: That series that weekend, a Sunday night baseball game against the White Sox, where the Indians uh, won in the tenth inning with a uh, Delano DeShields squeeze bunt, and Jose Ramirez comes home to score in that game. Uh, you know, kind of an exciting, exciting finish, uh, late night, but uh, you know, fun to watch the Indians uh, come through in that one. Definitely a highlight, the uh, the Sunday night squeeze. Uh, we, we like to call that one uh, there on August 9th. But you know, that's followed. A couple of days later, by two very frustrating losses at home to the Cubs. Uh, at that point in the season, uh, August 11th and 12th, the Indians were held to two or fewer runs in 12 of their 19 games to that point in the season, and that's when it was pretty clear that the offense had some real problems.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know that was that was uh, you know, and it was uh, it just it. it you know, it just didn't look like it was going to get any better, Joe. They were, mm-hmm. weren't getting any production from the bottom of the lineup. Uh, and if those top four guys, you know, Hernandez, Ramirez, Lindor, Santana didn't hit, and maybe – and Reyes too because he was hot then. Those guys didn't hit. They, there was nothing from this offense. And, you know, that was definitely a red flag and probably still is a red flag going into the offseason. That's, that, that's, uh, those
0: are the kind of red flags that have carryover, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you could say that. Uh, August 14th, though, the Indians uh, move on to Detroit after those, those, that, that little frustrating series against the Cubs. Uh, they head out to Detroit, and at that point, uh, Sandy Alomar was pretty much full-time managing the team. Uh, th- that's when the, Francona's health issues became too much, and, and he sort of stepped away. Uh, they opened up that series in a game where you know, nothing gets your offense healthier than playing Detroit for a four-game series uh Fran Mill Reyes a 462 foot home run to dead center field at Comerica Park probably one of the longest balls uh any of us has ever seen hit at that ballpark yeah that was
1: a monster shot and uh just showed you the power he has you know when he's when his swing is down and grooved um he he's really he's a force in the middle of the lineup and uh you know, and especially at that ballpark, when you see it hit off the ivy in center field, uh, you know, bouncing around the ivy in, in left center field, that's a shot. That was that, you know, that's uh, Miguel Cabrera in his prime. Uh, yeah, the,
0: that's you, you mentioned Miguel Cabrera. That's exactly what, uh, you know, I thought when what, any anytime Reyes shows his power to the opposite field, that's exactly what I think is Miguel Cabrera. Uh, seeing those kinds of home runs, uh, so yeah, that that was a you know a, a nice highlight. And then um, to watch the Indians move on to Pittsburgh after that, uh, that was a stretch where where we thought you know they could they could get things right, get a couple of wins under their belt. Uh, Carlos Santana, who had been the sort of absent man on on August eighteenth. He hits a home run that I still think, uh, you know, nobody really knows if it was fair or foul. Uh, that looked like it went straight over the foul pole in left field in Pittsburgh, and and on into the night up the banks of the Monongahela. Uh, that that home run, pretty much the only highlight of the year, or one of the only highlights of the year for Carlos Santana.
1: Yeah, it's three three and going into the ninth, and he wins it with that home run, Joe. That was that's right. I forgot about that home run. Yeah, it was like. Forty feet over the foul pole in left field it was uh it was a moon <laughs> shot. It, yeah, yeah. it looked like it was still going up on the replays
0: it was just a this majestic high drive, but there's absolutely no way that anybody could could rule whether it was fair or foul
1: yeah and it was, that was that was a tough call by the umpires, but hey, it worked out in the Indians' favor and the poor pirates you know the the season they had you knew it was going to go against them even <laughs> at home,
0: right. Uh, Aaron Savali, the next day, goes out and throws a complete game, uh, allows one run, and, and really sort of flexed his muscle, uh, you know, in, in terms of what he could show what he could do there uh, for the Indians against the, the Pirates. Um, and then we move on to August 21st. The Indians are back home against the Tigers, and they're riding a 20-game winning streak. They had not lost to the Tigers in, you know, more than a year at that point. And uh, Isaac Paredes' a grand slam, gives the Tigers uh, the, uh, the offense that they need. And they go on and snap that 20-game losing streak to the Indians uh, on August 21st. And not necessarily a low point, because when do you ever expect to win 21, uh, you know, consecutive of anything? Oh, wait, the Indians did that. <laughs> um, but But really, it, it just sort of highlighted you know if it was going to happen it was going to happen this year uh, i guess uh the Indians losing and in that that streak against the pirates uh against the tigers
1: yeah and, and you get to, and you got to see some of the pirates i mean the uh, tigers young guys victor reyes you know those uh you know a lot of their young players candelario you know they're starting to get better joe so uh you know they're they're starting to move up and uh, there was a lot of payback in in that win uh, you know, uh, Tigers, a lot of tiger payback in in,
0: yeah. uh, in that win. Yeah, in, in that uh, you know, one guy I want to mention uh, for for the Tigers, we can just step aside here. Uh, is Willie Castro going to come back and bite the Indians? I, I mean, yeah. it really seems like it really seems like the the Tigers like him, and they found a guy who, if he's going to play third, if he's going to play short, whatever. Uh, this is a guy that the Indians dealt for uh, Leonis Martín a couple years back, and and now. You, you thought that was just a, you know, a giveaway in that trade. But here's Willie Castro up with the, the big league club for the Tigers this year. Uh, really hurting the Indians.
1: And he, I, I think he hit, what, 370 or something? Mm-hmm. Some crazy number over for the season. Had, you know, and he was one of those shortstops that they had stockpiled behind Lindor. And uh, the Tigers did a good job scouting the uh, Indians farm system. You know, they probably saw him a lot in Columbus and, and Akron. And, uh, you know, so um, good for Willie. He's getting a chance and he's taking, you know, taking advantage of
0: it. Well, and and one of the guys that he took advantage of was his his former teammate, Tristan McKenzie, I believe. In that series uh, at the end of August, he hit a home run against Tristan McKenzie. Uh, But McKenzie, uh, you know, came up, made his debut on August 22nd, uh, struck out 10 against Detroit and gave the Indians uh, another glimmer of hope, I guess. Uh, Definitely a highlight seeing McKenzie. Uh, come out of the gate strong.
1: Yeah, definitely. That was, you know, another, another arm in the pipeline. Uh, the Indians have been waiting on, on Mackenzie for two and a half years. He was, you know, a high pick in 2015. He finally makes his big league debut, six innings, one run, 10 strikeouts. He was, he was dominant and he was what throwing 94 to 96. We didn't see that kind of uh velocity again until probably until he moved into the bullpen for the mm-hmm. postseason, But, uh, you know, he was ready for that start and looked great. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good, you know, I think it's a sign of good things to come for the Indians. Well, we
0: get into the, the end of the month of August and the Indians took on the Twins at home again. Uh, that series uh, had, had some frustrating moments, uh, but there was, a, you know, a game where Francisco Lindor hit a three-run homer, uh, shouted at his teammates, got them all pumped up, and, and they went on and won that game. And then the next night, August 26th, Jose Ramirez hit a three-run homer. Uh, Tyler Naquin hit a late double uh, to put the Indians in front. And then uh, Lindor and Sergio Romo sort of uh, jawed back and forth, got into it a little bit, a precursor of things that would would come uh, later on in a trip to Minnesota.
1: Yeah, that was a good series. Uh, you know, they took what two out of three of the tw- from the Twins. Mm-hmm. The Twins got the better of them. You know, during the, the whole season series, but uh, that was a good indication. And uh, they were <laughs> there's a lot of chirping going on between the two. <laughs> teams. So that was interesting.
0: The Indians then moved on to a, a series in St. Louis. Uh, played out there. Framil Reyes had three hits and five RBI in the uh, the opener. It was a fourteen to two win. Uh, the Indians had Tyler Naquin hit a, an RBI double in an uh, a extra innings game that went on, to I believe, 12 innings. Uh, Naquin's RBI double uh, put the Indians ahead, and they won that game. But they closed out. They couldn't close out the series on, on a high note. Uh, it was Adam Wainwright, the uh, the venerable old uh, veteran Adam Wainwright, on August 30th just dominating the Indians, uh, hold, held, held them – I believe just like one hit uh, in that game. And just really, uh, again, the, the struggles of the offense, that Feaster famine, like you talked about was, was there, it was 14 runs in the first game and then, you know, nothing in the second game or in the third.
1: Yeah. He, yeah he threw a four hit complete game, Joe. That was a four wow. hitter. They win uh, seven. And he's 130
0: seven, and he's 137 years old. Adam Wayne Yeah. Ray. He had that 12 to six, uh,
1: that 12 to six breaking ball, that curve ball going big time they had no idea how to handle that right uh,
0: then the calendar turns to September uh, and and the, the final month of the season uh, Fram Mill Reyes and uh, Zach Plesek, uh combined on a, on a big uh, a, a big win for the Indians on September 1st he had five hits Fran mill did uh, and then the Indians had a walk-off win uh, on September 5th. Cesar Hernandez, with his, uh, you know, just just talk a little bit about the way Cesar Hernandez uh, was just the the steady calming influence on that Indians offense for as much as it could be for uh, throughout the whole season.
1: Yeah, definitely a great sign by the Indians. You know, one-year deal didn't break the bank, uh, um, and he just you gave him great defense at second base, steady defense. Uh, could hit anywhere in the lineup, but, you know, he hit leadoff most of the season. Then he dropped down to the number two spot and uh, just did a nice job. Hit like, what, 280, something like that, mm-hmm, 287. 20. Led the league in doubles. Uh, you know, good base runner. Just uh, just an all-around good professional player. All right.
0: Uh, September 10th, Brady Singer and the, uh, the Royals nearly no-hit the Indians uh, at home. Uh, just uh, another – Highlight of this, this this maddening, frustrating offense that that got shut out. Uh, I believe five
1: times this year. I think they got shut out seven times, Joe. Oh, or maybe, maybe they nine. shut. They had seven shutouts and and got shut out five times. Maybe that was it. But
0: yeah, that was uh, it, uh, that. Just following that game and watching Brady Singer and just thinking, you know, this is a kid making his what maybe eighth major league start at that point. Uh, and just being frustrated at the the fact that this was
1: – they were unable to hit him. Um, and Austin Hedges comes off the bench and prevents him from getting no hit. <laughs> the, there you go. That, that was
0: that was the lone Austin Hedges highlight of the year for the <laughs> Indians.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Poor Austin. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, but then, you know, in the following week, we saw the Indians offense uh, just sort of uh, – we saw Jose Ramirez just sort of – grab the reins of the Indians' offense, and, and take control. Uh, his birthday on September 17th was a four-hit game against the Detroit Tigers, and that sort of sparked the, uh, the, the run, the MVP run, uh, at least for, in terms of national buzz uh, that Ramirez went on. I mean, he had been good all season to that point, but really with that four-hit game on September 17th, that sort of sparked things for him.
1: Yeah, and it ended a eight game losing streak too, and and it was and it happened in Detroit, Joe. That's their that's the Indians' second uh, their home away from home. They, mm-hmm. If they're if they're ever in trouble, they can go to the top to the to Comerica Park and uh, play well. So uh, yeah, that was you know I think that was you know Jose's last what fourteen hits counting the postseason were extra base hits. You know, ten doubles, four homers, and I don't I don't think that maybe that was no that wasn't the start of it, but. A little later in September, he started that streak as well.
0: Right, yeah, that was September 20th when he, uh, he had the two home run game and, and started the, the MVP chance, were, were coming left and right. Uh, September 18th, the Indians beat the Tigers one to nothing on a uh, Francisco Lindor sack fly. Uh, notable in that game, Zach Plisak pitching what the third Indians immaculate inning uh, ever in their history. Uh, early in that game, so uh, as far as individual performances go, uh, he put, put Zach Plesak up there with that uh, immaculate
1: inning against the Tigers. Yeah, he struck out the side in the second inning, Bonifacio, um, Nico Goodrum, and uh, Austin Romine all went down uh, as strikeout victims, what, on nine pitches, right?
0: Uh, three pitches each, that's uh, it's about as efficient as you can do it, so and, and, and Zach knew it, too, as he was walking off the mound. He had a big smile on his face. So, you know, what are you going to do there? Uh, then we get into late September and the, the, that sort of hectic, uh, you know, time. In mid-September, you had the, the, the back-to-back walk-off losses to the Cubs. And, you know, it was really a, a sort of a down time for the Indians. A, a lot of um, – it was part of that eight-game losing streak. But then, like you said, the, the winning nine of their last 11 – to To sort of rally into the playoffs, there uh, September twenty second, you had the Jose Ramirez home run uh, against Chicago in the, uh, I, I believe it was the the tenth inning. Um, there, it it, it it really sort of highlighted just the, you know, what Jose meant to the to the ball club offensively all season.
1: Yeah, they were down, uh, uh, you know, three to three to one going into the tenth. Uh, Lindor almost hits one out and scores Perez with the you know the the extra runner rule or the uh, automatic runner rule, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. uh, then there's a walk. Hernandez draws a walk, and uh, Jose comes up with a three run homer to to win it to walk it off, and they win five three. Uh,
0: the next night, Jordan Luplo does the same, uh, hits a walk off home run, and then uh, the following night, September twenty fourth. The Indians uh, complete the sweep with a, a four-run uh, inning in the seventh. Uh, they they sweep the t- uh, the, the White Sox uh, out of Progressive Field, and and really just throw the the whole American League uh, playoff chase into a, a frenzy. At that point, the Indians had, were were able to move up into uh, the number four spot, and their reward was, of course, uh, to to face the Yankees at home, and we all know how that went. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful for what you wish for, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, all that said, uh, you know, as, as sort of a recap from the season, uh, we did ask our subtexters to give us their thoughts, what they thought were the highlight moments, the highlight players, the highlight plays uh, from the season. Uh, we'll get into some here real quickly. Uh, Tom from Mount Vernon uh, said Bieber's dominance for the, for the entire regular season was, was his highlight. Uh, Greg from Cleveland Heights says seeing Carlos Carrasco back in the starting rotation uh, was was really special for him to see. Uh, John from Mariana, Florida says the Ramirez home run was his highlight right there. Uh, Tom from Ormond Beach, Florida said Cesar Hernandez, uh, what a, what a you know what a great, steady, calming influence he was. Uh, he always seemed to be, aware of the situation and willing and able to make adjustments pitch to pitch. Um, here's a, a few from Bob in Louisville. He says uh, Bieber's Cy Young run Ramirez's MVP caliber year, uh, Brad hand being the AL saves leader uh, and Hernandez leading the league in doubles and his consistency. Uh, yeah. We didn't even mention Brad hand uh, in, in any of that. He, he did convert 16 out of 16 save opportunities. I so was
1: Yeah, that's uh, you know I I was looking at that and looking at his numbers. Uh, You know, 22 innings, Joe, uh, 29 strikeouts, two two, uh, 16 straight saves, 2.05 ERA. Uh, He had a great year, and unfortunately, it ended the wrong way. But uh, all closers blow one now and then. But (laughs) timing, it's a little yeah. Timing has to be on their side too. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: Debbie from Niles says Ramirez's home run and Bieber's opening day performance, sort of a a bookend to the season, and I think those are the the two names that really stand out. And finally, uh, Dan from University Heights, uh, he says the top moment has to be Ramirez's home run. I have three sons and they live in three cities, and that brought that home run brought us together like nothing else did the entire season. Uh, Dan, that that's that just gives you goosebumps right there thinking about. You know, a father and his three sons being being united over one moment uh, from a baseball season uh, that happened. Uh, you know, I, the neck, the the hairs on the back of your neck still sort of mm-hmm. stand on on end when you when you think about that. Uh, uh, must have been a, a really wonderful sight to see for for those that were there in the ballpark. Kyle huh, Lindsey.
1: Yeah, it was cool. It was cool, and it was uh, you know. The way the way Jose was swinging the bat right there was almost expected. You know, you never expect that kind of thing, but it it was not a surprise. I remember just watching that ball and it just kept going. You know, I thought it looked when it left the bat. I wasn't sure, but it just kept carrying and carrying and carrying. And that that was that was a good sight. I just wish there was, you know, 30,000 fans at the ballpark. That would have been that would have made it that would have made it even better.
0: Things would have been swaying back and forth in the uh, in the press box. That, that the whole the whole structure would have been rocking uh, had that been the case. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our uh, sort of look back and review at the regular season and uh, you know highlights and and top performances. Uh, if if we if you had to you know gun to your head, Hoynesy, right now if you had to pick an MVP for the Indians uh, between uh, Bieber Ramirez. Hernandez Reyes anybody who who would you pick if you if you had to
1: geez oh man that's a great that's a great question I, I I don't know it's hard to it's hard to separate Bieber and Ramirez for me I don't know if you could you know split the award in half and get one half of one and you know just maybe co MVP. no no, no 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 no. you've got to pick one <laughs> pick, pick okay one. I pick one I pick Ramirez
0: there you go i i pick Ramirez, too, but, you know, only because Bieber doesn't play every day. That's the only reason why.
1: And I think, Joe, we forgot one guy, uh, Karinczyk. I thought he, you know, he really had an impressive rookie. It well, was a rookie year, basically. You know, what, 53 strikeouts, 27 innings. Uh, you know, a guy to uh, everybody to keep their eye on in the, in the, in the coming years.
0: Yeah, that's uh, – I- I apologize. I, you know, in my you know, just going through all the the highlights from the games, nothing really, you know, jumped out. But I guess that's a that could be a credit to Karinchak if he just went in there and for most of his outings, it was you know three strikeouts and you're done. So yeah, uh, that that's a credit to a, a guy having a good rookie season there. And all a right, a lot of punch outs. We will be back uh, next week, starting Monday. Uh, continuing five days a week with our, uh, our podcasts on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast every day. Uh, we'll look forward to hearing back from you and interacting with you guys through subtext. Uh, remember you can uh, log on to uh, www.joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians uh, to, to join us here three ninety nine a month. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get more interactions with you throughout the off season and get your thoughts and share them here on the show.